first get into your posture. You're looking for comfort and stability. Cross your legs in such a way that they are comfortable and yet they are stable, so you don't need to consciously hold them in place. Place your hands with the same idea for comfort and stability. You can put the one palm over the other, have the thumbs touching, or put them on your lap. Check the elbows, make sure they're not too far, nor too close to the body. Shoulders are even, relaxed. Your back, naturally straight, comfortable. Head and neck centered. So you don't need to consciously hold your head and neck in place. resting in their natural places. So the jaws are not too loose, the teeth are not clenched, and have the tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Eyes conducive to meditation. of the sense of ease that is now taking over the body and make a deliberate intention to continue to rest in this ever-deepening sense of ease. bring your attention to the breath. Don't worry about trying to control the breath. Don't worry about forcing the mind to focus on the breath. Don't even worry about how well you are aware of the breath, whether or not there are distractions. Just to the best of your ability, Try to stay as aware as you can of the breath. As you exhale, know that you are exhaling without any expectation of inhaling. And when you are inhaling, be aware that you are inhaling without any object that you are becoming mindful of. Just keep asking yourself, Am I aware of the breath? While I'm exhaling, am I aware of if I'm aware of in exhalations? While I'm inhaling, am I aware of inhalations? And while following the breath in this way, 
have a part of your mind go back to the posture, making sure that the posture is comfortable, that there is stability, and if you need to make adjustments, make the adjustments. Do that, staying as aware of the breath as possible. you've checked the posture, made the necessary adjustments, and an indicator that you have is that the sense of ease is either the same or has become more profound. And notice how the breath itself is mirroring the sense of ease that is present in the As you exhale, follow the exhalation. Be aware that you are exhaling. As you inhale, be aware of the inhalation. Know that you are inhaling. And when it goes back to exhalation again, be aware. In this way, try to keep the continuity of your awareness on the breath, following 21 cycles of breath. Again, don't worry about what you are hearing, what you are not hearing, what you are remembering, not remembering. Your only concern, are you aware of the breath? While you are exhaling, is that what you are aware of? While you are inhaling, are you aware of inhalation? And if before you reach 21, the cycle of the continuity of awareness is broken, gently go back to one and rejoice that you have caught yourself, that you are aware that you, that you lost the continuity of your awareness.
be mindful of how the sense of ease that you experienced earlier is now deeper how it is somewhat transforming or has transformed into a taste of contentment or some flavor of that how it is reflected in the breath itself and how that also is reflected in the quality of the awareness and be intent deliberately to remain in this ever deepening sense of ease What is the immediate goal and what is the ultimate goal? And what is it that when you rely on it will help you achieve your goal? that in fact will guarantee that you achieve your goal. Asking this question, bring your attention now to the space in front of you, about a prostrations or an arm's length distance at the level of your eyebrows. as though you're looking at that space through a window between your eyebrows. And asking that question. When I achieve, when I succeed in the goal, what is it that was the guarantee? What is it that was the infallible guide, the perfect protection. And catch a glimpse within you of a sense of a conviction, this guarantee. Feel its bright presence appearing in its face, appearing in a form taken specifically to inspire you, to guide you, to make contact with you. And when you find that sense of conviction that you are indeed in the presence of what is for you the means, the only means to achieve your goal, hold on to it and then entrust yourself. First, show your reverence, prostrate. Take refuge, accept the protection, the guidance. 
with your gratitude in your mind, make offerings. Think of things that you own that makes you happy, offer them. Think of things that you've seen that no one owns and offer them. Or just make things up in your mind and offer them the happiness and the object itself. clear your conscience, remove the obstacles that you've experienced before, that you know you will experience in this meditation. Know that they're think of the faults, your faults, your weaknesses, the actions committed and their their influence deeply regret them, knowing that those actions and those influences are the very cause of the obstacles you're experiencing. Knowing that through the power of habit, you don't know if you will be able to restrain yourself in the future. So take refuge for strength, protection, guidance. capacity. Now make a promise of restraint, setting up a definite period of time that you will restrain. lift the mind and bring your mind to a more refined state. Now rejoice, taking great joy in all measures of goodness, all merits, yours and others. Especially rejoice for those who have achieved the goal that you are seeking to achieve.
now survey the realm of beings and look at their conditions. And let your heart embrace them with compassion and with love. Beings through the teacher. And ask the enlightened beings to please show beings how to truly end their pain how to achieve true happiness. And ask them to please stay. Think of the meditation that you're about to do. Think of the merits you've gained through these preliminaries and dedicate them to help you succeed in this meditation. Again, we view that you are in the presence of the very means to achieve the goal that you aspire to. That bright form taken specifically to help you, to guide you, perfectly infallibly. Find that sense of conviction again. holding on to that sense of conviction, ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head and feel the presence of this bright form now above your head, facing the same direction as you are. Think of the meditation you're going to do. Think of the realizations you're seeking. May the sense of self be strong. May your analysis be precise and steady. May you gain greater clarity. Darkness of mind, whether it is in the body or in the mind, 
while the teacher is above your head, beg for blessings so you can be free of your obstacles for this session. So you can be filled with the realizations you seek. for these blessings see the blessings stream from the teacher's heart like liquid light enters you through the crown of your head and thereby clean you and fill you with realizations Bring your attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath. Become aware of the body slowly.
Welcome everyone. You can open your eyes if you want. If you need to, stretch your legs a little bit. begin with uh, the talk about meditation. I have to talk to you about uh, some uh, house rules. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately it's my fault. Uh, I never make, made any, any stress. Uh, and I nev no, never talked about it, never bothered to even approach it. But wha and then what I need to remind you is that this is uh, not really public public space is really it's private space and it's through the generosity of Leon that we, we we've been using this space on for over 10 years now okay and uh, and because you know when you think of a, of a center you think of a public space uh, you think of a temple you think of a place you go to you know whenever you feel the need to meditate you go in there the doors are open and you sit down and meditate and you go home but uh, this is, we call this a temple because, you know, why not? <laughs> but it's, we have to consider this is Leon's living room. And uh, he transformed it into the space for our, for our use. Okay. And, and just this space is Leon's living space. So there are three other, well, one, three other floors. They belong to other people. So we have to be sensitive to Leon and also to be sensitive to uh, this, the, the other tenants who, who share this building. And when you come, just remind yourself, you know, uh, remember that this is not the whole entire building is uh, centered and act accordingly. And uh, something else I think also probably for our own benefit when we are meditating and, uh, and of course, it's my fault. I, uh, I'm very guilty of that. Uh, uh, so I think we should start a policy of uh, uh, trying to arrive here uh, so we can start meditating at, uh, at a certain time. And for those who are not able to make it at that time, so that we put a note downstairs, you know, don't, don't bother ringing the bell. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, not exactly that way, but you know something. So you can tell them, you know, f we meditation begins from this, from this time to this time, and please uh, uh, be mindful of that, and you know, so that uh, those of you who run downstairs back and forth, so you don't have to keep running back and forth. Okay, so we'll uh, try that for a while, and I'm sure it's not going to work, but. <laughs> <laughs> We'll try to see if it catches on, okay? Uh, and that's it, all right? So there's going to be a note downstairs. From please try to arrive between this time and that time. We meditate between this time and this time, and we try to uh, be respectful of the other tenants in this, uh, this building. Okay. All right, so I've been trying to be as... Uh, uh, 
try to take it as, as slowly as possible so you can get a true appreciation of what wisdom meditation is, is supposed to be about. And it's not, uh, you know, uh, reviewing in your mind what scholars you know, have, been, uh, have been saying about it. Okay? From the very beginning, you must have the reason why you want to meditate on emptiness. Is that you want, you want to, it shouldn't be some exotic idea that people from 2,500 years ago have been toying with, and you want to try to understand it so you can have this, uh, this ornament in your mind. Okay? So that you know you can show it off to others. Look, look what I you know, one of those things I it's in my mind. <laughs> Isn't <it> cute? <laughs> you have to you have to approach it with with the idea that you're seeking, you're desperately seeking a, a, a remedy. Okay, you have to have this this uh, this idea in your mind. It's the the same sense of uh, that is uh, the same picture that is brought to your mind when you think of that story of the yogi, who was uh, his, his his teacher. Say you, how much do you want to know the truth? You say I really want to know, and then the teacher, uh, uh, not exactly the same words, but (laughs) something like that. The teacher took the student and then put his head in the in the river, and then held his head under the water for some time, until you know, where's where's my teacher doing? And then you start grasping, gasping. The student started to gasp for 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 air, and then almost to the point where he was almost about to, you know need some sort of emergency, then it, you shouldn't even try to uh, start the, uh, you know, thinking about, about truth. Okay. So you have to approach it with a sense of des- desperate, because this is supposed to be the remedy. Not that there are a variety of remedies, like, you know, uh, like when you go to the pharmacy, you have a cold, you have this thing with cherry, and this thing with lemon, you have this... Uh, this thing, this brand by this company and that brand by that company, this one says, I'll remove this much, I'll remove that much. No, you don't have a variety of, 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 uh, of choices. This is, this is it. There's, there's no other remedy for, what you're, for what's ailing your existence than this. Okay? And you have to approach it. You have to know that you're, first of all, that you're sick. You know, you're sick and tired of this kind of, of existing this way. And you really want to get out of, get out of this way of existing. Okay? And this is the only remedy, and you have to approach it with a from a very realistic point, from a very realistic uh, realistic uh, view. It shouldn't be uh, because that's how they do it here, so this is what they believe here. So I'll, I have to somehow brainwash myself to accept it. This is not this is not what it's about. Okay, if this whole I this whole uh, theory. I mean, as far as we are, we are concerned, it's a theory because we haven't quite uh, experienced it yet. If it, if it doesn't mix, if, uh, if it's the true remedy, then when you, op- when you find it, when you dis- if you discover that, you have to let go of it. Because the ailment that you're looking a cure for is, as, is, as real, is a real experience. And the remedy for it must have the same sort of realness to it. It must really work uh, on the symptoms. It must... If if it's no when when you buy the cold remedy, if it says it remove uh, stuffy nose or whatever, when you take it, you don't just imagine that it removes the the stuffiness. It removes it. If it doesn't, then you go to something else. Okay. So you must approach it that way, and that's the even that's the very beginning. You're not, not even when you're sitting down. When you by the time you're sitting down, you already have this passion. 
already <coughs> well fired up. And, the, and before you actually, and the actual wisdom meditation itself is analyzing something. So that's something that you're analyzing, that's the first thing that you must encounter. That's the first thing that you must bring up to your mind. And that's what it is referred to uh, uh, scholastically as the object of negation. Is that sense of self and your idea of what that sense of self is. This must be very vivid, very palpable. The last meditation we did was a way of arriving at this very palpable sense of self. Okay. Where you and where you ident and that and every once in a while we identify this sense of self with being the body. I am the body. And you want to get to that real sense of I am the body and then you analyze it, this sense of I am the body. And the various ways of, of uh, the various uh, analytical means that, that we use are just means of, at now at arriving at find it through this analysis. Okay. And since uh, the guidance that we are given is that we are holding on to the sense of self in the wrong way. We are misunderstanding it. So we want to mis misunderstand to, to, to appear. And we want to see, is this, really, is this misunderstanding, is it correct or incorrect? And do not approach it, and that's the, that's the unfortunate thing for those who already have teachings on wisdom. <laughs> they already have the idea of what, they, what they're supposed to be uh, arriving at. But unfortunately, you're holding this correct idea with a mind that misunderstands. So what you think is the correct way thing that you're looking for, you're already, you're already you already have a misunderstanding. Okay. Let me ask you this question: Which is real, the mind, or what the mind, or what the mind holds or perceives? Which is real, the mind, or what the mind holds, <coughs> or what the mind perceives? The mind. The mind. Yeah, you, that seems to be, that seems to be correct. So, mind is not some another phenomena. Why is it real and, and the things that it perceives or not? When, when, when the thing is, the nature of phenomena is such that when you an analyze it, whatever is appearing, the nature of whatever is being experienced, whether it is something being perceived by the mind or the mind itself, whatever is now the object of experience, once you analyze it, its nature is such that ultimately you cannot find it. And that's it. You don't have to go, you don't have to, you don't have to try to find something beyond that or something before that. That's it. It's nothing else but that. And the only way for you to really get to a point where you appreciate this finding once you get there is from the very beginning to make everything palpable. The sense of self must be very palpable the way you understand the sense of self to be, you must, it must be very palpable. And then you go through the analysis. So while you're going through the analysis, you're not trying to disprove this is unreal. If you begin that way, then you're not doing the meditation. You're not, you're not being sincere. You must make a sincere effort at trying to prove it to be true. So you have the sense of self, it's appearing very palpably, and like we did last time, it, it seems to be the body itself. I am the body. 
and then you're, you're not, your approach to the meditation shouldn't be trying to disprove this. Your approach shouldn't be trying to prove that I am not the body. If you, if you, if you begin the meditation that way, you've already, you already fail. Okay? Then once you arrive, if you were to arrive at the, at the sense of, at the conclusion, I am not the body, it's not going to mean much to you. It's not going to be much of a transformative experience. Prove that it is true. And using the analysis, okay, if it is true, then this thing must be, must, this, uh, this other thing must be also true. Okay? And then when, you, when using your analysis, and, you, and, you, and none of these things are true, then you end up, wait a minute, I'm not the body. And if it's just, you know, another, uh, you know, like watching TV and just watching, uh, just saw another episode of whatever, if that's all that you experience, then it wasn't, it wasn't really felt. It wasn't really a sense of I am the body that you experience. If I tell you, if you really, if you, if you, if you have a sense of conviction, I am the body. I am the body. And you and it's okay, it's, if I'm the body, it's evident that I'm the, bo- in the body, the I should be in the body somewhere. And you go to the analysis, and you come up with the conclusion, women, I am not the body. If you're not... <laughs> what is that term? <laughs> if you're not scared out of... Uh, out of your wits, okay, I'll <laughs> say that. <laughs> then you, it wasn't a true meditation. You already had your idea of what the eye is supposed to be, and having not really found the eye, and you say, "Oh, it's not really the body." Okay, I'll okay just to entertain him. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go to the meditation. Okay, I'm not the, I'm not the toes, I'm not the nails, and you go to that. What's the matter with you? Why you shove me for? I mean, it was a hand that touched a shoulder, right? But you say you touch me, you push me, you harm me. The I was 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 harmed. Okay. Alright. Now this meditation, as simple as as it as it appears to be, you don't need anything more than that. Okay. Now the analysis that we were the one the the first analysis that we used was uh, uh the one and many, or the same and, and different. And the last one we, use, we, were, we were looking into was uh, causes and conditions. Okay? So that the, the I, when it appears to you, when it appears to a mind that misunderstands, when it appears to the, uh, the misconceiving mind, it doesn't appear to be any one of those things. It doesn't, doesn't appear to be something that is not something that is come from causes or conditions. Okay. And again, it's not when you're doing the when you when you're going through it intellectually, like for example, uh, of course a tree comes from seed and of course it comes from the sun and the of course, of course, of course. But what are you looking at when you're saying all these things? You have to be able to be able to catch yourself to see what is it that the man is looking at when the man is making any any uh, conclusions about it. That's what you're supposed to be able to find. That's the very first fundamental object that you must... Now, and the question that I, the reason that I asked that question in the beginning about which is real, the mind, or what the mind perceives, it's 
we've uh, we were fortunate to receive you know some very uh, sophisticated explanation on on wisdom, <coughs> and we are going around uh, a lot. Some of us are going around with with uh, with the idea that we understand, we fully understand it. And we have to be careful, not n- not be uh, what's that word? Don't be don't don't uh, no restrain yourself from thinking that you got it already. Because if you think you got it already and you're living in this ignorance kind of state of mind, then you're going to hold on to the ignorance for a long time, thinking that you have wisdom. So you're going to be stuck in samsara for a long time. And it is because of this illusion that you have wisdom when you don't. That's the reason for uh, the precautions about someone who's studying wisdom and also for someone who's teaching wisdom to someone. That's why there's all these precautions. Because you might, instead of someone going around, going around with the everyday ignorance, you know, the same ignorance that everybody has, you know, just because you're being in samsara, you have, you have this. Okay. It goes the formula. Uh, no, remember this formula. The nature of any phenomena, if you, if you can call it a phenomena, its nature is such that, its ultimate nature is such that, when you apply ultimate analysis to it, it cannot be found. And that's what, uh, I don't know, we're trying, toying with the idea of, of, uh, what is it that that which you end up with? We call it mystery, pure mystery itself. And again, uh, not mystery in the sense of now you have uh, another question to try to solve, but just the pure as pure mystery itself being the nature of, of things. I mean, look at the mystery. It appears, and you're looking for it. It goes or it, it disappears. So its nature is that that's its nature is that mystery that it has the ability to appear function, and yet when you're looking for it, it goes it, it, it disappears. That's its nature. Okay. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're looking at. And the 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 thing is, whenever you make any ultimate statement, no matter how profound it sounds. It's wrong <laughs> as far as what's truly ultimate. And it's, it's something that I've I, I, I actually uh, have to admit that I've fought against saying for a very long time, trying to get to this. I may be wrong, <laughs> but so far, it's like uh, when the Buddha is talking about giving the example of the, the wheel that you see when you have a torch and you're twirling it, and the Buddha said, do you see a wheel? Yes, I see a wheel. Is there a wheel there? Yes. And when you really look at it, when, you look, when you're re- looking for the, real, the wheel that is there, that can burn you, when you look for it, really look for it, you can't find it. It's appearing, it is there, but when you really look for it, you cannot find it. So that's the, the mystery that you must find yourself in you must bring yourself to. And this mystery, the first time you encounter it, 
since what you were holding on to mis, uh, with the misunderstanding was something concrete and now you end up with mystery or, it, or the absence of this concreteness since everything is based on this, on this fun, uh, uh, unconscious uh, uh, grasping to this concreteness when you discover that it, it's not, you, you haven't, you, there's, you haven't, you have not been holding onto anything. The thing that you thought you were holding onto wasn't there, was never there. At first, you must be. It doesn't matter. After some, uh, some familiar, some fa- familiarizing yourself with it, const- constantly familiarizing yourself with it do you start now to exp- have this, this very experience becomes a freeing experience. When you hear that uh, those who are not afraid when they encounter this, they are the sharp ones. Don't think that you, uh, you know, trying to uh, set yourself up so you won't look on sharp. Okay? I don't, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want the, all the Bodhisattvas to look at me and, and, and call me stupid when I encounter this. <laughs> So you sort of, sort of setting yourself up, making yourself think, making yourself think. I already understand it. I'm, I'm just you know, going to the motion. Okay. So when you encounter it, and if and all, uh, it's, it's, it's freeing. If it's the first time you, you've encountered this and you're experiencing freeing, you're either an ex- exceptionally rare being, or you weren't really doing this meditation. Okay. So if you do encounter fear then you're doing this meditation properly. Or maybe not. <laughs> okay. Remember what I said, if I, whenever you say something, uh, absolute statement, you're wrong. So, <laughs> Not completely, but a little bit. <laughs> Alright, so, one of the analysis that, it was analysis of cause and, and conditions. Another analysis is the analysis of parts. Okay? And we're, 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 the meditation that we are doing is a meditation on dependence. Okay. It doesn't exist the way, I, the way my mind thinks it exists. Okay. And when you establish that, oh, it really depends on cause and condition. If it's not a wow to you, then you won't redo the meditation. Then, the reason for going to the parts is because you're thinking, well, once all the causes and conditions have been established, then it is now holding on to its nature. Now it has a nature that it owns, there's a nature that it can proclaim to own. Like the cup, for example. You establish that, oh yeah, uh, it comes from a powder, it comes from uh, you know, the, all the different causes and conditions. And now once it's there, then your mind might be grasping onto the parts as really establishing it as as, as being the cup that you're holding on in your mind. And then you start doing the analysis on the... Uh, do the parts really establish it as being the cup? Okay. And... Uh, but before you do that, <laughs> you must establish that it actually is dependent on its parts. Now, the meditation is, okay, looking at this cup, 
you see a lid, you see a handle, you see a cylinder-looking thing, and you say cup, right? So, with or not? Yes and no. Very good. <laughs> okay, and now we see handle, right? So, if you remove the handle, will it still be a cup? So this is somewhat the same kind of meditation we were doing last time. Okay? So like we're moving the parts to see at what point do we, will we truly arrive at the true cup. We are looking for the true, the real cup. Since it's still a cup without the lid, so we can say, okay, that part is not necessary for it to be a cup. And you remove the, the handle. Will it still be, can you still call it a cup? Alright, what about the nice design on it? <laughs> okay. And since this is made out of, uh, what's, what's this material? Well, ceramic? Ceramic? So, if we remove ceramic, let it be wood, will it still be cut? So, it's not in so much the material of ceramic or wood that makes it cut. Is it because of its height that's a cut? Yes. It's because of its height. So if it was this high, it would not be a, no longer be a cup. Go a little further down. <laughs> <laughs> if it was this high, it would no longer be a cup. It might be if it were taller. If you get short enough, it stops being a cup. At functionally for good, us. Good, good, good. Exactly what point will... At what... No. How much do you have to remove before you get... Bef before the cup is gone? Everyone's mind would, be, would have a different amount. But exactly as a cup. Okay. You can still hold liquid, but it could be a saucer. Right. Yeah. Okay. It could be a, a bowl or a saucer. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this a cup? <laughs> hmm? No, it's not a cup. It holds. It holds the liquid. <laughs> Are you getting at the mystery I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. You take something that appears to you, as soon as it appears to you, it seems like all the parts are necessary for it to be that thing. And when you start to analyze the parts, it, it, I mean, it seems to depend on, it, 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 if you remove all the parts, is it going to be a cup? If you remove every single part that's here, will it be a cup? So it seems to depend on the parts for it to be a cup. But exactly how many, uh, 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 which part will, establish, will truly establish it as a cup? You can't really get to there. Okay. That's not where I really wanted to get to. I wanted to get to beyond that. And the beyond I wanted to get to is where I think a lot of us are. Okay. It's, it's cupness. Okay. Where is cupness coming from? I'm sure you've heard that term before. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, everybody has the answer already. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, cutness is coming from what? You objectifying it. One objectifying that it is a cup. So, uh, uh, what, would you, what, would you call, what would you term that? All that? Objectifying as a cup. Labeling, labeling it. Okay. So you hear that cup 
is a mere label. That sounds profound, right? Cup is a mere label. But as soon as you hear cup is a mere label, what is your mind holding on to when you say cup? The image. Preconceived notion. A preconceived notion. Okay. So, if you've never heard the word cup, and this is where I'm going to get you. <laughs> if you've never heard the word cup, never seen someone use a cup, and you come across this thing, would you call it cup? No. Would it f- not function as cup for you? It would function as that which someone else called a cup. But no, I'm talking about for you. For you? For you who's never heard it the word cup. It function as a cup because we have no familiarity with cup. Okay. So for that person, it will not hold tea. It will not. It will not. Wait a minute. Cup doesn't hold tea. Cup doesn't hold tea? No, because that person's never heard of a cup. Okay. How can it something so if I present this to this person. This holds tea. If I present this to this person, for that person, it will not hold tea. It will hold tea. But it's not, a, it's not a cup. <laughs> 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 Label is not just it's not just a word. I mean, as soon as you you could say tall cylinder thing, okay, and that's that's your label for it, tall cylinder thing, or squatty cylinder thing, okay, <laughs> okay. So it's not just the word of that language alone that is the label. Okay. It's the mind, it, uh, it's a topa, it's a, a mind conceptualizing, it's a concept. Okay. There is cupness, there is cup, and there's a concept of cup. Okay. Now, when your mind is looking at cup, your mind doesn't care about the parts that it's made out of ceramics, that it's made out of uh, wood. Your mind just throws over there and says cup. Okay? Or squatty cylinder looking thing. Okay? And when, you, when your mind now looks, looking at the parts, oh, it's uh, uh, ceramics. Now your mind is not looking at cup anymore. Your mind is not looking at ceramics. Now, you see that the cupness, you can easily see the cupness, it functioning as cup or it. I'm, I'm guiding you nicely. <laughs> and the white, you think, oh, there's white, the ceramic is white. But when you look, as soon as you remember, when the mind, whatever phenomena the mind is looking at, the mind is holding that with a misconception. You started with cup, and now you see cup as a, oh, it's a concept. But when you look at the parts, the parts, kind of difficult for you to see the parts as mere concept. Okay. But the same process that you came up with cup is the same process you're coming with ceramic, you're coming with white, you're coming with handle, okay? You're coming with cylinder, okay? Now, when you have all that nicely there, then it seems that you cannot find something in there that is not mere tokpa. Okay? Now, where is tokpa? 
Where is that? Where does conce- oh, sorry, where does conceptualization? Where does conceptualization sit? Where does it where does it live? Consciousness. Consciousness. Okay. So, since it seems whatever you're anal- analyzing, you come up with concept, concept, mere concept. Then it's it will be it's okay for you to say, oh, everything is just mere concept. Right? I mean, it seems reasonable to say that because you're analyzing it and you can be coming up with concept. And there's something else that you're holding on to be in the wrong way. What, what is it that you're holding now in the wrong way? Misconcept. What is it that you're misconceiving? Conceptualization. Conceptualization. And, and you think... <coughs> What is it that makes concepts concepts? Where, where, where are concepts manufactured? Huh? In, your mind. In your mind. So, two conclusions you can draw from this. It is mind stuff itself. No, take mind. If it was some sort of substance, you, you mold it and it becomes cup. It also tends to trivialize appearance itself, right? Because appearance is not concept. That there is an appearance. Yeah. So we want to get to that. Okay. <laughs> now um, I I want to uh, I'm digging a hole. I'm making it bigger and bigger. But I'm not telling you about it. <laughs> I'm going to take you right there. <laughs> So, you have, you keep, you keep going to, oh, cup, cupness is dependent on what? On conceptualization, right? And when you arrive at that, you think, oh, I have gone beyond thinking that this cup comes from causes and conditions. You, you must do that. Where does conceptualization, where is it manufactured? It's manufactured in the mind, in consciousness. So, if this cup is purely coming from your conceptualizing it as cup, why are we talking about this cup? Because it's been established by the What was that? Oh, sorry. We have to do function. We have to talk about cups. Mm. Oh, we have to function, you said? Okay. It's established by desire. Established by desire. desire. What do you mean by desire? To drink. Oh, the desire to drink. From something other than this cup. <laughs> A desire establishes it as cup? Desire establishes the cup. I mean the desire to drink. So when I'm full, it no longer is, it's no longer a cup. Maybe it means it's, it's a habit energy that develops over time, which is associated with the desire to drink. And it's oh, that? Right. Oh, okay. All right. Habit karma. Okay. <laughs> Say that, will you? <laughs> okay. Uh,
Okay. <laughs> and I, I didn't really think rehearse it in my mind. Just kind of like that. <laughs> okay. You have to the same way you are very easily get uh, uh, ready to let go of this substantiality of it or realness of it, the appearance of it, the real the real the realness appearance of it. You have to be, have, be able to do the same thing now with the mind. The same way you arrive at not finding this cup, you have to arrive at not finding the mind. And if you thought that was the whole, no. <laughs> the whole is then, if it is not, then what? It's ignorance. It wants to grab onto something. It was grabbing onto the parts when you're just looking at the causes and conditions. When you're looking at the parts, then it's looking at the uh, con- the conceptual, the the, con- the mind conceptualizing it. Okay. What if what if you get to that point and you grasp onto appearance, and then okay, well, all there is is appearance. That's all I have, and. Therefore, the mind is appearance. Not that appearance appears to a mind, but the mind is contained in the appearance just as the appearance is contained in the appearance. Uh-huh. And it's happening. Uh-huh. I can't deny it. It's happening, and that's, and that's the best I can do. That's, mm-hmm. that's mind. It's constantly appearing. Mm-hmm. It has no locus, but it's appearing. Uh-huh. Well, I'll answer this with a uh, with, 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 uh, non-answer. <laughs> no, no. But that's not a mystery. <laughs> right? Um... Uh, a passage from the sutra the Buddha well I can't quote uh, nicely uh, <laughs> the Buddha was examining uh, was uh, talking about water I mentioned this a, a few times three beings looking uh, three beings drinking water and it's not the one you remembered <laughs> <laughs> the Buddha said when the when the Ahat looks at water the Ahat says ah water ah the Ahat is correct when the Arya is looking at water, the Ahad says, water. The Ahad is cor- the Arya is correct. When an ordinary person looks at water, the ordinary person says, water. The ordinary person is completely wrong. <laughs> In any way, you're wrong. Yeah. And yet, we can say lid, handle, top, bottom. I'm explaining it. You just say it wasn't it wasn't explainable. But can I really explain? It? <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I kept you here hostage for such too long. <laughs> uh, we didn't even have time to meditate. <laughs> uh, so the method that you already know, you don't need to know anything. No, there isn't really a much more sophisticated way of doing it. It's just that way. The thing is, be sincere about what is it that you're holding on to. When the mind is looking at, when the mind is looking at the mind, oh, it comes from the mind. How is the mind now looking at mind? How are you looking at mind at that po- point? Is the mind suddenly an, an, a non-phenomenon? It no longer has that nature of the same way the cup has the same nature, the same way the cup 
has Another quote. There has never been a time when the five elements did not exist. And there are no elements. Bring <laughs> the teacher to your heart and then try to find some sort of a whatever <laughs> when the teacher is there. Okay. Quickly, the posture, head and neck, breath, and go back to the teacher, bring above your head, and rehearse. If a means of achieving your goal is right above your head, keep rehearsing that. And as you rehearsing, as you rehearse that, find that sense of conviction. No matter how, no matter what that measure of conviction may be, find it, hold on to it, and aspire to become one with the teacher and holding on to some sense of confidence, some sense of conviction that you're about to become one with the goal that you aspire to. Very mindful of the state you're experiencing.
with a deliberate intention to stay in the state and while in the state now and again embrace all beings look at their conditions and love for them come forth in your, ma- in your heart and strongly wish that they be free of all problems strongly wish that they truly come to meet with happiness the merits of this time spent here the meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal back to your breath staying aware of the breath gently become aware of the body starting with the top of the head Here's the meditation that you were supposed to do tonight. <laughs> take it home. <laughs> take something, take it apart, and then bring it together and you catch yourself making it. M- try the mind conceptualizing the result. Like you take this for example, you move, take it apart and you put it together and see where does your mind, when does your mind say, ah, cup, or when does your mind say whatever. Okay? And you take it apart 
and put it together again and try to catch to see exactly what is it that you're pointing to when we say concept. Okay? You're supposed to get to that point before you, before you get to the, oh, it's mere talkpa, or it's mere conceptualization. Before, can that, before that can have any functional <laughs> uh, uh, functionality for you, okay? to get to that conclusion. Oh, mere tokpa. But first you must be able to really see a tokpa. See your mind making it. So take something, take it apart, and put the parts together, and then see your mind, see your mind, you know, rushing to, to at the point where it says, ah, okay? All right, that's, take that home. <laughs> so, no class next Friday. What's happening next Friday? You know what the future is, then you know where you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> if you have no idea what I was talking about, then doesn't concern you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah.